Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is Sam Ellinger's season upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, it is... Rewind that back. Yes, you heard me correctly. It is Sam Ellinger's season on the Blue Stable podcast. I never thought I would say that in my wildest dreams. It definitely hurts to say that as a TCU fan because anything Texas, I just hate. But, man, I, I what is y'all's reaction? What is y'all's reaction? Joining me, Landon, Oliver, as always. Marcus isn't able to make it to this emergency pod. But Landon, man, got the news earlier today. For me, it was like around, what was it? It was like around 1230 or so when official word came in. Sam Ellinger is getting the start. Matt Ryan has a grade two uh, shoulder separation. Regardless if he was hurt or healthy, Sam Ellinger would be the starter regardless after a late night meeting once again, with Chris Ballard and owner Jim Mercer. So just initial thoughts, man. What do you think about this? Um. Well, first off, it was more of just like a wow. I can't believe they're actually doing this. And um, especially, too, before, you know, trying different things, you know, like firing Chris Strausser or making some other moves. You know, you, you bench your quarterback. But at the end of the day, man, and, and like I know I'm going to isolate a part of the fan base by saying something like this, but like I think it was a necessary move. Um, I, and I don't think it's all on Matt Ryan, but I think part of it is. Um, and, and that's perfectly fair. That's not to say, you know, Matt Ryan had much of a chance. We know the offensive line struggles. We, we, you know, we, we know the difficulties of learning a new system. You're only six, seven weeks in. It takes time, and I get that. And now he has a shoulder strain as well, grade two shoulder strain. So there was also some injury things. Um, but um, to me, man, it's it it's almost like you 
you got to pull the plug eventually. Like we we've had band-aid after band-aid after band-aid after band-aid, um, you know, since the Andrew Luck retirement. And at this point, you know, they, I told you guys, I know Mike said it before. There was a lot riding on these division games and there was a lot specifically riding on these Tennessee games and the fact that they got swept again. They're, you know, one, three and one in the division. It's, I, I mean, this is, this is what happens whenever you have that much pressure on you and you fail as a coaching staff. So now you're turning to your young gun that you have, that you've brought up and I can't wait to discuss them. But yeah, initially it was just, wow, I can't believe they're doing it. But and honestly, I think it's a necessary move. Um, and I'm, I'm actually kind of proud of them for, for making this move because we've seen this coaching staff be stubborn a lot throughout the years. Um, and I don't necessarily know if it's a move coming from the coaching staff, but, um, you know, it seems like it's it's more of a, an ownership decision and coming from the top. But I'm curious what you think, Mike. I, I want to hear your your thoughts here. Before I get into Sam Ellinger himself, man, Um, at the same time, it's just frustration, man. It, it, it's just frustration. We have been sold on a fake vision, a vision that has not come to fruition. We were sold on Matt Ryan. Hell, I was wrong. If if memory serves me correctly, no one in Colts Twitter mentioned Matt Ryan to Indianapolis before me. I believe I started that, not like a rumor, like I started it in the Colts organization, but the thought of it in Colts Twitter, I believe I started that. I remember starting it in a group chat. I was wrong. Chris Ballard was wrong. Frank Reich was wrong. Others were wrong. Those that thought this was a great move were wrong. Simple as that. Simple as that. I feel sorry for Matt Ryan because even coming from Frank Reich's mouth today, he was promised protection. He was promised a run game. And none of that at all was given to him except for a run game in week one against the Texans. So you said it was a necessary move. I agree. I I, I agree. Definitely. Matt Ryan has not played well outside of bad protection. There has been horrible mistakes made regardless what the protection is. You should never make those decisions. But another thing that just mind boggles my my mind. We uh, Frank Wright came out and said it was a collective decision. I believe this decision came from the top. I believe this this decision came from Jim Irsay. And what is so hypocritical for him to step in and demand this change? What did he say just twenty four hours ago, Landon? Did he not? compare this man to peyton manning yeah again I, I told you what it happened man i'm like i'm so sick of the peyton manning comparisons and that and that has nothing to do with matt ryan that has everything to do with ownership yep and it's it's the way that the owner has consistently now you know stepped into crucial decisions which is fine you're the owner yeah. you can do what you want Definitely. but whenever you whenever you consistently sell fans on a vision like you said and you know we're going to get two super bowls this decade we're going to do this this guy's the second coming of peyton manning this guy's an astronaut and then you know you have carson wentz you know the whole issues with that and um i mean 
it, it feels like the fan base is just consistently being told one thing and then the opposite happens and a completely different direction is decided to me this is what should have happened as soon as Andrew Luck retired, they should have, you know, I mean, I know the Jacoby season is what it is. There's not much they can do there. Um, Philip Rivers was fine. He got us to the playoffs. That was probably the best move they made since um, the Andrew Luck retirement. But after the Rivers thing, you need to rip the Band-Aid off. And I think this is what this is. Matt Ryan, you know, for for all the good, you know, you've talked about, about who he is as a person, who he is, a, is in the locker room. And it's really, you know, it's sad that, they couldn't provide him what was promised to him and let him go out in a, a way that he deserves to go out. Um, but at the same yeah. time, he's compounded some of these issues with his yep. decision-making fumbles. His, yep. Fumbles turning the ball over really bad interceptions. I mean, just, you know, inconceivable interceptions from a 15 year veteran that should never happen. Um, and so, yeah, like he's compounded the mistakes as well. So it's not, you know, like, he's been brought in here to fix all this and it i know it's asking him you never want to ask a player to fix everything like it's 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 sad it's it's a combination of both and it's it's just a shitty situation all around and kind of excuse my language there but um it's it's rough to see so um yeah i'm i'm interested to see but this was the move that was needed to not only see what you have this year in a young guy, but also properly set yourself up to properly rebuild from the catastrophe that, you know, the end of 2018, you know, 2019 was. I just, I, I know this is a conversation that doesn't necessarily get engaged a lot, but I've been texted by a few people that, you know, revert back to, uh 2019 and some still question why Chris Ballard gave up the 13th overall pick for DeForest Buckner and not went out and got your your next quarterback I I don't think that conversation is worth getting into I mean I think we all loved the pick uh we all loved the addition of DeForest Buckner I know I did uh all pro defensive tackle who's who's really really good at the same time you could possibly you could possibly make a conversation about that, but that's not what I want to focus on. We'll get to Sam Ellinger here in a second, but I just want to talk about what an absolute failure Chris Ballard has been the last two years. Just bad, bad. You go out, you give up your first round pick and a third round pick for Carson Wentz. He's gone in a year. Then you're without a first round pick and you give up a third-round pick already for Matt Ryan. So even from there, now, what are your decisions? Take a guard, tell him to play left tackle. Take a center, tell him to play right guard. Okay. I mean, even, even go back to his trade, for Yannick Ngakwe and Rocky Sin, that we've gotten the shorter end of the stick on that deal. Las Vegas is enjoying Rocky Sin. We barely see Yannick Ngakwe. Matt Ryan, how many, how much money do we have invested in him? And what did Jim Ursay say he thought this was? What did Chris Ballard say he thought this was? A two-year experiment, right? Landon, it's over in seven games. 
I don't think all of it is on Matt Ryan's shoulders. But like we said, Chris Ballard has more to do with this blunder than Matt Ryan does. Like Frank Reich said, he was promised. This is what Frank Reich said. I'm not saying putting words in his mouth. Frank Reich said promise. The word promised. He was promised protection. He was promised a run game. He was promised a pass game. None of those has showed up. I I don't know what Chris Ballard and Frank Wright get out of Sam Ellinger starting. I really don't know what they're getting out of it. Um, We'll get to that here in a second. But also, just from all three men, Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, this is a complete failure on all three that all three have to wear on this. This isn't Jim Irsay. Oh, I hired you guys. You guys failed. No, you signed off on Carson Wentz. You kicked him out in less than a year. You signed off on Matt Ryan, compared him to Peyton Manning, and just 30 minutes before a game, compared him once again to Peyton Manning, and he ended up showing up like Dan Orlovsky. And then you're nowhere to be found, nowhere to be heard of. It's a complete failure. Yeah, complete organizational failure. I, I agree with that. I think it, they definitely hold most of the blame, if not all of the blame. Um, like I said, at the end of the day, you do have to have the players show up to play. Um, yeah. But those guys are responsible for bringing those guys in, for coaching them up. Um, and, yeah, it, to me, this all kind of turned with the Carson Wentz move. Like, this is where everything just kind of fell apart. Um, and, and you've seen everything fall apart since then. It's just consistent. Um consistent failure all across the board um and like i said it it sucks you know i don't want to absolve matt ryan of any you know all the blame because he does play a role in this as well um but at the same time it's you know it's just a bad situation and it sucks to to see a guy with with that kind of a pedigree and that kind of a record as a quarterback kind of whimper out um i mean who knows this might end up being you know, the last game he's ever played in Indianapolis, which would be, you know, really terrible. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. And I do agree, though, with the decision. You know, whoever it came from, more than likely, say, but we don't know specifics. So yeah, whoever made sure, the decision, no. I do agree with it. Um, it it's, it's time to rip that Band-Aid off. And you need to see what you have. Um, and it, if you don't have the guy, you need to go get the guy. And, at you know, worst-case scenario – well, I, I guess you would consider it best case scenario if you're ready for draft season. But <laughs> yeah, so best case scenario, we're probably ending up with a top ten pick, um, and you're able to go get that franchise guy that you believe in. But um, that's more than likely it's going to cost Ballard his job. It's more than likely going to cost Frank his job. Um, it's you know it's going to be a clean sweep, and the guy that is impervious to <laughs> to be fired is Jim Irsay because he owns the team. So. Um, it, the decision making all across the board, it's it's been a failure, and uh, I, I'm curious to see how this all rebounds. Feels good to be the owner, don't it? Golly, uh, just my last thought on this because I don't want to spend too much on it. You know, it's it's oh, it's over, it's done with, it was a failure. Okay, let's move on. But my last thing on this, what irritates me the most, man, is I hate finger pointing. I hate finger pointing when we all see who the problem is, and I hate finger pointing, man. You're benching Matt Ryan. Yes, I I, I agree with it because at some point, like you said, you got to rip the Band-Aid off and you just got to sit down and say, what do we need to do at the quarterback position? Let's find an answer. But also, 
why is Matt Pryor still on this roster? Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson have played worse than Matt Ryan. Why are they still starting? Why? We're not making accountability there? Why is Chris Strasser still the offensive line coach? No accountability there? There, He has an assistant. That's, uh, that assistant can step up and be the offensive line coach. That's not a problem. I just hate the finger pointing, man. I hate the finger pointing. When there, when there have been other elements of the team that have been worse. Like, why is Matt Pryor still on the roster today? Why? Why? Yeah, that, that's big coming from you, too. Uh, that, it, it's that's big. A big and, and at that's least, a big, big admission coming from you. At least um, what I, what I want to show is consistency on my part. As in breaking down and analyzing this team, I hate finger-pointing, man. I, I hate it. It's cowardice. It's hypocritical. I hate it. I hate finger-pointing, yeah. and that's all I've seen from this management for the last yep. two years, finger pointing, yep. finger pointing, finger pointing. So yep. we're going to go ahead and leave it at that. Let's talk about maybe some good news talking oh, about okay. Sam Ellinger. So this, this, I, I, I'm a little bit, you know, kind of stuck in the middle here about how I feel about this move. Am I happy because does this almost guarantee a top 10 pick or am I happy because could Sam Ellinger possibly be the guy? Could he at least show something that m- gives you positive optimism going into the future uh now I, I will say and landon i was telling you this before the game uh before the show started going into this week against the commanders i mean what about in preseason man matt ryan versus carson wentz turned into sam ellinger versus taylor heineke that <laughs> talk welcome about the nfl circumstances. welcome talk, to the nfl talk about some circumstances um I was I was saying going into this Commanders game, I was ready to take the Commanders because I just thought they were playing better than the Colts. But now you have an element in which you're you're playing a quarterback that no one has film on. Yeah, he played in the preseason, but that was all your basic plays. That was all your Madden plays, your simple hitches, your simple slants, no real game designs drawn up from Frank Reich. So from Taylor Heineke, oh, we got all kinds of tape on him. We know what he does well. We know what kind of quarterback he is. The unknown is on our sideline, which is almost a good and bad situation. The unknown. So now I'm kind of ready to take the Colts in this Sunday's matchup because the, the commanders don't know who they're playing. It's the element of surprise. So I think they have something good, but the overall move, I'm a little confused by the move in this regard. I feel like if you made this move, maybe a coaching firing would have been done with it as well. But Sam Ellinger, they're telling them, okay, let's figure out what we have in Sam Ellinger. Landon, does that not almost sound like Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are going to survive? Does that not almost sound like that? Like, what is the point? of starting the guy knowing that maybe at the end of the day, we're probably going to get fired. Like that sounds weird to me. Is that just me? Um, I guess you could possibly have that thought. I don't necessarily think that way. I think it's them trying basically anything they can to see what they have in house to see if this can possibly save their jobs, which to me is once again unfair to the quarterback um as they have been pretty consistently um it's it's unfair to sam allinger to ask him to step into such a flawed roster that even a veteran like matt ryan could not 
handle. But I mean, we'll get into a little bit more of that here in a second. But um, yeah, to me, it just sounds like they're they're just exhausting all options to see what they have and, and see if it's possible just to save their jobs. Because um, I don't think that unless there is a deep run with the postseason as far as um, – you know, making the playoffs, even if it's a wild card team, you know, making a playoffs and making a run, I don't see this regime surviving. Look, man, I'm gonna be upfront and honest, man. I want a top ten pick. That's that that my my excitement of today's news was yes, we're going to get a top ten pick, possibly a top seven pick, possibly. Uh, that that's where my excitement resides, man. It's almost draft season, not quite yet, but there's another side where we got to give Sam Ellinger some some credit here. He was elevated in a two-week span to number two. Now he's the starter. So there, there's, you know, some skepticism out there that maybe this move was going to be made regardless if uh, regardless of what the outcome was in Tennessee yesterday on, on Sunday. My thing is, this is a guy who worked with Tom House in the offseason. We saw how abysmal his play was at Texas in his rookie year of the preseason. So he goes to Tom House, hey, I want to work on my delivery. I want to work on my throwing motion. I want to work on my mechanics. Now, hell, I even know what difference that is because I have a quarterback in college named Max Duggan where his mechanics are all over the place, causing him to short throw slants, 10-yard slants. Going to Tom House, you could clearly see it was a huge difference. His pocket presence was much better this preseason you could just tell you could just tell by watching it eye test he looked like he knew what he was doing out there he looked like he do, he belonged out there and i, I we, we were talking about this pre show but when i watched him and i'm ready to come out with this with, with this uh take that i was thinking in the preseason but when i watched him in training camp in preseason Landon, I saw a little bit of Dak Prescott in him. The way he moves in the pocket, the way he handles the offense, his throwing motion, his mechanics, his footwork, how he handles the quarterback position, I saw some Dak Prescott in him. And if your ceiling is Dak Prescott, let me tell you, you are a really good quarterback. But also there's an element to where if you can sort of reach that element in spots this season, the Colts might have something on their hands. I have always thought that they've had something on their hands because I I did like him coming out of Texas. Um, now, granted, let me phrase this. I, I liked him as a possible developmental quarterback that you could put on the practice squad, develop to possibly one day take up the backup role. But um, I'll, I'll say this. He checked a lot of my boxes coming out from mobility accuracy his pocket presence to me is even in college like he's always been incredible at navigating a pocket um and as you see like the more comfortable he gets you know he he seems to be doing just fine there but um his accuracy was always on point um yeah the only real concern that to me held him back from even being you know i had a borderline i believe i had him as like a fourth fourth or fifth round prospect but what held him out of the first three rounds to me was just the fact that he didn't have much of an arm like he could not make the tight window throws or the the deep outs you know i had no problem with him you know you want to run an rpo slant or something like that 
you know, I, I have no problem with that. What got me was whenever you're running a 15, 20 yard out, can he make that pass? Um, the answer coming out of college was no. The answer that this preseason showed me was emphatically yes. Um, so to me, he's cleaned up what is his biggest weakness. And that was mobility or not mobility, but uh, his base, his mechanics, like his stride is the way his hips kind of flip. You know, he still has a little bit of stuff to work out. Consistency is still an issue to me because um, you see it in games where he'll have certain plays where he's still a little toesy. He still has some wasted motion. He's kind of stutter stepping a little bit. Um, but then there's also a lot of the time where he's just on. Um... This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Point. Um, and it's it it's fun. I I think there's something there, man. Um, and like I said, it's unfair to throw him into this situation and ask him to save this regime and their jobs, and especially with the way that um the offensive line has looked and all that. But there's a lot of plays, and it, like I said, I I might be going in over my head here and i'll piss off some of the fan base and that's fine i'm just telling you what i see it's, it's just an opinion um there were a lot of plays that matt ryan could not physically make or did not make that i think sam ellinger does make um and i think that he is better suited for the personnel that this offense has at this moment than matt ryan is um and a lot of that does have to do with mobility and pocket movement. But it, I don't think this is a tank move as far as what other people think it is. I don't think they're going to be sellers at the deadline. I don't like, I think this team is going to try to come in here and compete. And to me, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that the competitor that Sam Ellinger is the mental fortitude that guy has the ability to rally teammates, um, to to have guys playing hard for him, the passion he plays with, it will play very well in that locker room. And it likely already has. Um, I know there's some quotes that came out today that say, you know, some guys, you know, they they were fine with the move. Um but yeah, that's just kind of where I stand on it. And I mean we can get a little bit more in depth if you want to. Um that's entirely up to you. But I I like Sam. I've always liked Sam. He's cleaned up to me what was his biggest issue. Now he's getting a shot. And as we know in the NFL, that's all you can ask for. It's like, you know, you ask for your shot and you get it. You got to make the most of it. So here we go, Sam. Let's see what you got. Yeah, I I agree, man, because, you know, and what you were saying, Sam Ellinger can make some plays that Matt Ryan couldn't. 
I don't think you were making too many people who are excited for draft season happy. I don't think you were making them happy uh, there. But look, I'm just going to be upfront about what I want as a Colts fan. I want us to finish in the top 10 of the draft order. That's just what I want. The cost will be less to trade up. I promise you, rather than finishing 19th and trying to trade to number five, rather than be number nine and then get to number five. But there's also a thought in the back of my head where I think if Sam Ellinger can can reel in a couple wins, I think you can I think you can have something. Now the schedule's gonna be brutal. The schedule's gonna be tough. It's going to be tough because you got um we're sitting here talking about mobility. His mobility is gonna be tested this Sunday against the commanders. It's going to be tested. Those big boys on uh, in the middle, you got the the beast outside. It, it it's going to be tested. But looking at the Colts' upcoming schedule, no, that's Dallas Mavericks. Uh, looking at the Colts' upcoming schedule, you got the Commanders. You're going to New England, Bill Belichick. All, all he needs is probably that one game against the Commanders to figure out Sam Ellinger. Then you got the Raiders. Maybe you owe uh, Josh McDaniels some, some revenge there, but also – their their team is gelling maybe a little bit more on offense than the Colts are. Then you got the Eagles. You got the Steelers. You got the Cowboys. I have tickets to those games. I'm contemplating selling them, by the way. Um, you got the Vikings, the Chargers, the Giants. Landon, right now, the Eagles, Vikings, Chargers, Giants, all of those teams are slated to make the playoffs right now. So, what I think this team can do with Sam best case scenario. I think you get nine, 10 wins on the year. You possibly make the wild card, but ultimately you kind of tell yourself, okay, Sam might be that guy. He he could be there. Worst case scenario. He doesn't win a game. He, he, he is the guy that many people think he is and he, he doesn't win any games. But what I want to ask Landon, when people say, You know, now we're going to get a little bit in depth. When people say, what is it Sam Ellinger can do that Matt Ryan can? Matt Ryan is an MVP, played in the Super Bowl, has many, many years under his belt. What is it that Matt Ryan can't do, but Sam Ellinger can just walk in here and, and do on day one? To that, you say what? One, it's it's pocket presence and mobility. Um, I, I I do think Matt has good pocket presence. Um, Sam Ellinger has special pocket presence, I, and it's been that way since he was at Texas. I mean, the the ability that he has to navigate pockets, to step up in the pockets, to escape, and be mobile and make those plays with his legs. Uh, that's just something you know, and that's not a knock on Matt Ryan. It's just like he's physically not capable of that. That's just not who he is physically as a as a player. He's much more mental. What's great about Sam is he's also just as mental as as Matt Ryan. Right? I mean, you're people are really underestimating the the love of the game and like the brain the brain this kid has. I I mean, it is. It would not surprise me one day if he's a, if he's a coach. Like I mean, I fully expect him to be a coach one day. Um, extremely bright extremely smart diagnosing coverages pre and post snap great pocket awareness great mobility he's accurate with his football um like i said the only real question mark to me was just his ability to 
to throw the ball and to drive the ball into deep, tight windows. Um, and I still don't know, you know, if he's capable. I know he made some throws in the po- you know the preseason that were just incredible throws. He also had some big misses. But, um, you know, you're talking about level of competition. Things are going to get real tight now. Um, you know, you, you this is at the level where you have to throw guys open. Guys aren't open. You throw guys open. Um, I think that if he can show the ability to do that, along with all of the intangibles that he has, mobility he has, the pocket awareness he has, because all that stuff is special. I mean, just lights out as elite of the elite. Um, I, <laughs> there's something there. Um, now, like I said, it's a, it's a rough situation, man. So like, if you're counting to me, whenever I'm evaluating the player, I don't look at wins and losses. I know like, that's what it's basically based off of. And I know wins are what matters at the end of the day. Basically but, in this case, you're not judging by wins and losses. No, I, I want to see improvement and I want to see if he has the ability to step up and make those plays um now if he wins a bunch of games along along that that's great um and and i think that's i think that's possible honestly i I don't think it's out of the question that he can come in provide a spark and and win ball games but also like i said you're asking him to step in seven weeks in very little you know i mean he has preparation as a backup for the last couple weeks but you know he didn't get starter reps in the preseason those matter he didn't get starter reps in training camp. Those matter. Those reps matter because there's no chemistry with the receivers. He has chemistry with guys like Des Patman, with Kylan Granson, like, you know, guys like that that were second and third stringers last year. But he doesn't have the chemistry with Pittman. He doesn't have the, the chemistry with guys like that just because he he didn't spend the time in the offseason throwing to guys like that. So uh, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you got the James Robinson news with the Jets? yeah okay so i saw that look i knew where that was going um but yeah man it's 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 a tough situation to place him in but if anybody to me can succeed in these type of situations it's a guy like sam ellinger because whenever you're scouting plays i remember talking to a guy that was at the combine and we were talking about you know what do you look for whenever you set these whenever you bring these guys in for for interviews and he says look we do like the X's and O's stuff differently with our positional coaches. He's like, when I bring them in for interviews, one of the first things I ask them is what have you been through to get you to where you are today? What have, what adversity have you faced? Because that's all the NFL is. It's just adversity after adversity, after adversity. It's really important to see how these guys handle that. He was incredible in his interviews from the aspect of he's the oldest of three. His father died at a young age. He helped raise his siblings with his mother. And then he gets there on draft night. As we saw, you know, he's drafted. His younger brother passes away tragically and and how he's navigated all these hurdles in his life. He's been told every step of the way, very similar to a guy like Jalen Hurts. He's been told every step of the way, you're not going to do this. You're not going to succeed. You're never going to be a college quarterback. You're never going to succeed at Texas. You're never going to be drafted. You're never going to be a starter. What has he done every single time? He's overcome all of those questions. And those are the guys you bet on. Those are the guys I bet on personally. And I will not, I will not put anything past this kid. Um, he's 
he's a rock star to me. I I love him. I can't wait for him to hopefully show you know success and have success. And it's a like I said, it's a tough situation, and I don't want to play catch twenty two here. But um, yeah, if I bet on any, if I would bet on any human being to overcome the situation the Colts are in right now, I'm betting on Sam Allinger. And look, since day one, Chris Ballard has raved about his leadership, his personality. I've joked about it kind of like, hey, if you got a good personality, you're making the roster. Good luck to you. Uh, but with with Sam, you know, speaking to some people, he's very, very much respected inside the locker room. I mean, his preparation is among the best on, on the team. You know, he's always staying ready. He's always taking in information. He's always trying to get better. And that dedication to perfecting your craft shows your mental fortitude. Even though if you're buried on the practice squad, you're in street clothes on game day because you're a healthy scratch. You're sitting in the stands, but guess what? You're still watching the play. You're still knowing which, what set they're in, knowing where everybody needs to be. And look, Even though Landon is saying good stuff, let's not sit here and be surprised when Ellinger throws an interception, when he throws a bad pass. That's not what Landon is trying to get at. He's not trying to say, oh, man, I think Sam Ellinger is going to come in here and light it up and have no mistakes, have no growing pains. This guy is going to have growing pains. I mean, if if he didn't, then everything, he would be an exception to the rule of the NFL and new quarterbacks. He would be the exception. So I'm preparing myself for – for disappointment for losses in that in, in terms of disappointment I'm, I'm preparing myself for losses but it just comes to a certain point to where this guy is mobile i feel like he senses pressure a little bit better than matt ryan when he senses it he has that ability to take off and i think his his jets his legs are very underrated don't don't mind you hell i mean I think there may come a day where he might have more rushing yards than Jonathan Taylor, possibly who, who knows, but, and speaking of fantasy, if I was a fantasy owner, I would probably go get Kylan Granson and Jelani Woods right now. If, if I was them, maybe guys like me who took Michael Pittman, maybe they take a hit, but these are the guys that Sam Ellinger worked with the most that built chemistry with in, in preseason with guys like Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods, and, you know, obviously Drew Ogletree is out for the year. But I would expect those guys to see more targets. I, I want to see those guys get more targets because when you're getting the ball in space to your tight ends, you're moving the ball. I can almost tell you if you just give me a, a play sheet and the tight end is getting the ball, your offense is moving. That's what I've said since day one. This this scheme needs a tight end. And I feel like Sam can give them more opportunities, like what happened on Sunday. Matt Ryan didn't even see Mo Ali Cox. He was sitting there wide open, would have first down. No, turned it into an interception. So for Sam, man, I'm not entirely sure what more we can get into. I think from now it's just about what are you going to look like on Sunday, the day before Halloween? Are you going to trick? Are you going to treat? Which one are you going to do? But there is a new era upon us in, in in for for the Indianapolis Colts, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get that mistaken whatsoever. Is it draft season? Is it still mediocre season? Is it wh- where are we at? We don't know yet. But there's optimism for Sam Ellinger, like like what Landon said. This isn't in inside the building. This is not viewed as a tanking move.
That I, I can pretty much say on, on, on the show tonight. This isn't viewed as a tanking move. Now, I am curious if you lose to Washington, do you maybe get a couple trade requests from guys like Yannick Ngakwe and Stephon Gilmore? I mean, L.A. just lost J.C. Jackson for the year. So are they trying to capitalize on the rookie contract? Maybe they make a trade for Stephon Gilmore, and they're still trying to chase the championship. I don't think Stephon Gilmore is helping the situation personally because they got a lot of other things going on. But, you know, th this is a good topic to talk about, Landon. Right now, should there be any consideration on being sellers at the trade deadline? Me personally, I think so. I, I legitimately think there is a case where you become sellers, whether if you want to send off Yannick, if you want to send off Stefan, why are you going to, I guess you could say, quote unquote, for, for me, why would you punish the guys who have been performing on your best unit? I, I don't know, but there just comes a time where you just got to look in the mirror. You know, have we built this thing the right way? Where's our money going? Where's the investment going? If you could trade offensive linemen, trust me, I would beg them to sell there. But no one is trading for Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, or Quentin Nelson at midseason. They're just not doing that. So do you think they should be sellers uh, here in the next week? Honestly, no. I, I don't think they should be. Um, I think you've, you've made the big move. Now, Like to me, like the – there's other moves that should be made, such as a new offensive line coach, possibly, you know, a different offensive mind coming in. Maybe John Fox helps a little bit with, with Frank Reich's coaching duties, kind of take the, the load off of him. But um, no, I, I don't think they should. So I think they should ride out. You know, you've made the big changes, ride it out and see what you have. And then, you know, if, if things fail, then you have a new regime in here that will make the changes. Um, and, and there's there's not a huge amount of money tied up in the future. I mean, this this is a very attractive job. You know, I, I do wonder how Ursay involving himself in quarterback matters consistently plays to possible GM candidates because I know, like, I would not personally want to deal with it that. It turns them off. I'll say that. Yeah, it turns like, them off. I, yeah I, I wouldn't want to deal with that. But at the same time, I mean, it's it's a very attractive roster. With there's still a lot of good pieces there. Um, yeah, I I would not be sellers unless I was just absolutely blown away with an offer. Um, I would let's just ride it out, see what we have the next ten games, um, and then we can make the appropriate moves from there. That's not what you're supposed to say, Landon. You're supposed to say yes, trade everybody. Trade everybody. Let's go get drafted. I know it's hot take season, baby. But uh, hey, man, if it was up to me, Shaquille Leonard, you're gone. Buckner, you're gone. Let me get two more or three more first round picks. Bang, let's get going in April. We can get we can get CJ Stroud. We can get Quentin Johnston. We can get Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. We can get Will Anderson. We come on, man. Like oh, I'm getting. Hey, look, I, look, I'm I'm just I've got two feet on the ground. Uh, everybody else got their heads in the clouds. Yeah, but, my head's in the clouds. Yeah, but but like realistically, nah, I, I'm probably just you know we we've made the big moves. Yeah. Well, let's let's see what we have. Yeah. So I I think maybe again I'm still a little bit a little bit confused. Maybe why why would Ursay or those three make this decision? 
I can't imagine they're that confident, you know, or, or maybe they are. Maybe they are really confident, genuinely, about Sam Ellinger. But I don't know. Something about this tells me that Ursay is giving them a little bit of a longer leash than maybe they should. So, bro, you don't you don't make that type of move if you're not confident in in your quarterback. I, yeah, there's confidence there for sure. You don't make that big yeah. move, especially to bench a guy like Matt Ryan. Like you don't you don't do that unless there's there's been talk and thought thoughts about it for multiple weeks now. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it was a rush decision. I, I I really don't. I think a lot of it was contingent on their performance against Tennessee in the division and how they started the season. Um. Obviously, they failed that test. So now you make, you know, you go to plan B. This is what plan B is. Um, and plan C is if this doesn't work out, everybody's gone. Nick so, Foles. Oh, oh, everybody's gone. Oh, no, it ain't Nick Foles. I think Sam starts the rest. He, he'll, get, he'll get a long leash. He'll, I think unless injury happens, I highly doubt you see Nick Foles at all. Um, if anything, you would probably see Matt Ryan back out there over Nick Foles. But yeah, uh, yeah, man, it's this has probably been in the works for a few weeks. They wanted to evaluate, see how things are working. Once things didn't work, this is probably the move they made, and this is the move they're going to stick with. And whether it works, if it works, great. Everybody's safe. You got your quarterback of the future. You can start building properly around him, um, cleaning up some of those mistakes. And if it does not work, then they'll find somebody who who will. Yep. So I I feel like I had a thought in my head, but I think I lost it. Um, man, I could have swore I had a thought in my head, but yeah, I think I think we're gonna go ahead and leave it leave it at that. Man, Sam Ellinger is the guy now. He is the starting quarterback. He could be the starting quarterback the rest of the way, barring injury. Hopefully that that uh, doesn't happen. I'm just scared of his confidence just being destroyed because this is definitely a situation where his confidence can get destroyed, and you you never really want that for a young player. But, hey, we're going to see this Sunday. Make sure you check us out on Friday, the preview show. It's going to be a little bit of a different preview show now. It's going to be a little bit different. It's going to have a new vibe to it. So, Oh, it's going to be fun. I still don't know what I, I I still don't know. A little bit of me is excited. A little bit of me is disappointed. Is it draft season? Is it still trying to win games and hope teams lose other games here in their season? Wh- which one is it? It's going to figure itself out soon, man. But it, it's a, it feels a little bit more exciting to be a Colts fan. At well, least, yeah, man. it is more exciting just because right, like right now you're watching the Colts and they're, they're bad, but they're boring. And at least now they're not boring, you know, like they might still be bad and you still might get bad, you know, bad play, but at least they'll be exciting. And at least you have, you know, if they are bad, you have something to look forward to. And that's a new quarterback and a new regime where you're not stuck band-aiding everything every year. So, um, yeah, I think that's why I said, I think this is the proper move. I think they did the right thing here. Um, so yeah, I'm excited personally, because either my boy succeeds, and, and I think very highly of Sam, either he succeeds and, and things work out for him, and that's fantastic, and it's great for the franchise too. So I don't understand why people are wanting him to fail just to be proven correct. You should not root for him to fail because that means the Colts fail. But at the same time, if he doesn't work out and you're ready for the draft, like 
let's let's go get that guy. Uh, it's it's a win win. Yep, it's definitely a win win. So hopefully, I, I I'm just scared of staying in that mediocrity. Like like we spoke about in the last show, I'm just scared. But other than that, guys, we'll go ahead and leave it at that. Is it draft season? Is it Sam Ellinger season? We don't know, but we're going to find out soon enough here in the next few weeks. So other than that, guys, this has been an emergency pod. He is Landon Oliver. I am Michael Pivia. Make sure you check us out for the preview show for the Colts versus Commanders. What was once Matt Ryan versus a returning Carson Wentz has turned into Sam Ellinger versus Taylor Heineke. Texas versus Old Dominion. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? All right, guys. See you. Check you later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.